Sub Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce this rip of RHR. Number 254. 254, nice even number. Great rip, two hour rip. Renowned AI podcast. We're handing over our irises to the Sam Altman's of the world. <clears throat> so, to listen next week, you're going to have to download uh, WorldCoin podcasting app, scan your iris, and that's how you get access to Rabbit Hole Recap from here on out. I'm just kidding. I kid. This trip is brought to you by our good friends at CoinKite. They build the best hardware in the Bitcoin space. The most secure hardware. Hardware's in the news last couple of weeks. I'm not going to name any names, but there's some interesting trade-offs that have been announced for particular hardware wallet companies. Cold card. MK4, Q1. Come with two secure elements. You create your private public key pairs offline, never connected to an internet connected device. You don't have to. You can. It's not advised. Create your private public key pairs offline. You can add entropy to them via dice rolls. With the MK4, it's NFC enabled. The Q1, pre-sale still going on. It's got a QR scanner on the back. You can do easier PSBTs. It's got an NFC scanner too, full keyboard. We got the block lock right here, which is like a fun gadget. Right now, there's a uh, last 2016 blocks. The average fee per block has been 63,613,000 some odd sats. I'd have that stat right off the top of my head because it's on my block clock. It's one of the stats I put on there. They have the sats card. Uh, my wife got her haircut in Miami at the conference, and her hairdresser is a Bitcoiner, and we tipped him with the sats card. This is a true story. It's a great way to tip people, it's a great way to give wedding gifts. NFC enabled credit card form factor, tap it on the back of your phone, click a Safari link, boom, address associated with that SATS card. You load it up and then the Bitcoin lives on the blockchain, but the private key is on the card. Go to coinkite.com. Just just smash your your keyboard, see if you get some random promo code. Try RHR, try CDs, try TFTC. Try whatever. Go check it out. Best hardware on the market, coinkite.com. This trip was also brought to you by our good friends down the hall, Unchained Capital. Or excuse me, they dropped the capital. Unchained. Still getting used to it. There was a transitionary period a while ago when they changed their domain name. I got over that. Now there's, there's another one. Change the name. Unchained. They're here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model and building. They're here to help offer you financial services the right way on a Bitcoin standard. Leverage is multi-sig. Everything they do, leverage is multi-sig. Bitcoin's native primitive that allows you to distribute risk, eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. They have their vault product, which is a two or three multi-sig where you hold two keys, Unchained holds one. They have their trading desk where you buy Bitcoin, goes straight to that vault that you set up. No pulling out wallets, getting addresses, no wearing if Unchained securing your Bitcoin properly on their exchange because they don't hold it. You buy it and it goes straight to your vault. They have their lending desk where you can use Bitcoin as collateral. You put that collateral on a two or three multi-sig escrow. You hold one key. Unchain holds one key. And then Kingdom Trust holds the third key. You don't have control of your Bitcoin and escrow, but you have visibility since you hold a key. Transparency. You know they're not rehypothecating your Bitcoin. Uh, their IRA product, again, 
It's a two or three multi-sig product. You hold two keys there. You can take control of your IRA, hold it in Bitcoin, and hold your own keys. It's a beautiful thing. Go to Unchained.com. Tell them that RHR sent you. And enjoy. This two-hour rep is a good one. I'm coming for your iris. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. The button has been hit. We are live. Big announcement. We're rebranding to an AI podcast. Bitcoin's dead. <laughs> Fuck that shit. The laser eyes killed it. We're here to talk about artificial intelligence. Do you have your AI Maybe agent not. set up yet? <laughs> Paradigm. This podcast is brought to you by Sam Altman and his eyeball scanning initiative. Worldcoin. To prevent Sybil attacks in our new AI future. I can't believe people are like, WorldCoin actually has momentum. It's really sad to see. Blockchain Capital came out today and announced that they were financing WorldCoin. They led the round, didn't they? They said financing. I think it might be venture debt. Oh, maybe. But I don't know. He like Bogart was on Twitter and he was uh, saying how he thought Worldcoin was dystopian, but it's it's not, and here's why. And and the answer is really because he wrote a check and has a piece of the pre-mine now. It's preventable. But he didn't put that. He didn't put that part in the. He didn't put that part in the post. Is Worldcoin going to be <clears throat> the new Ethereum? When flipping Um. I think the the two incredibly frustrating shitcoins to watch um, in terms of what's going to be infuriating or infuriating over the next two years are are not like don't buy them. <laughs> They're trending to zero in Bitcoin terms. They're straight up fucking scams. Are Worldcoin and Stacks. Um, the Stacks playbook, the affinity scam for the forever ICO is just, uh, it's impressive. It's, it's impressive in its, in its scamminess. You got, you got pulled into two, two threads today, Stacks and, and WorldCoin. You're on the front lines. Yeah. I mean, I entered both, but, um, I mean, like the 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 genius of the stack scam is that they're like positioning it as building on Bitcoin, right? Um, and they somehow pulled off this idea of this forever ICO where people are just constantly sending Bitcoin to stacks holders, which they have a massive portion of the pre mine for. Which is just pretty. I don't know. I'm. It's infuriating that I have to even know how the fucking system works. The whole reason I know how the system works was just so that I could argue against it. 
I like spent way too much time on their white paper about a year and a half ago. If the freaks remember when I first saw the stack shit start to really get some momentum. Yeah. They're not a big fan of Odell over there at stacks. Or Marty for that. I think stacks is a shit coin. The way I could see them being a top tier shit coin in the next cycle. <clears throat> they did one thing smart. They went and actually got it registered as a security with the SEC. So I could see uh, the the cramp, cl- clamp down coming. And I mean, like, look, we're registered. We are a security. That reminds me of like uh, Ledger's, Ledger constantly tries to use as a selling point that uh, they're the only hardware wallet certified by the French NSA. It's like, okay, maybe for some people that's like a, a good thing, but seems like a negative to me. Yeah. But enough about stacks. <clears throat> this is an AI podcast now. When are we getting our orb? That's the question. We need to prevent civil attacks in the new frontier. Marty Marty needs his orb because uh, he wants to make sure that he can keep his blue check. So if he doesn't scan his eyeball, Elon's going to take it away from him. Yeah, I need it. How do you know it's me if you don't have my retina? It's, it's, I actually made this mistake, Marty. They don't scan your retina. They scan your iris. And you should do your own research. They, they told me I needed to do better research because I said retina at first. So get it right. They're taking the irises? Now that's a line. That's a line too far. <laughs> I drew my line in the Santa retinas. They're taking irises. I disavow. I disavow. I'm disavowing the orb right now. But he's going to keep his blue check because it was an accident and he, he, he meant to register TFTC. It was an accident. No, I'm a yeah, right. Okay. It's not, a bad, it's not a bad life. You know, Elon DMs you once a week, says, hey, how you doing? Doing a Twitter spaces with Ron DeSantis. I didn't put that on the list. Should DeSantis we says we can do Bitcoin. We can do Bitcoin, freaks. DeSantis is president. <laughs> He's going to let us do Bitcoin. <laughs> I do the email. I do the Bitcoin. Yeah, let's open up hot with a with a passionate diatribe. I was going to do Bitcoin no matter what. This is something that right. everybody needs to get in their minds. Having access to an open monetary protocol is an unalienable right that I will never give up. Only you can give up your ability to access the open protocol and your right. Rights must be taken. Do not give it up. Do not give it to them. We Rights should. are taken and then defended. Yes. I'm taking the right. I've been using Bitcoin for 10 years. I'm going to continue to use it, even if the government says no. This is a line. That, in all seriousness, that is a line in the sand that I will not cross. Even if the government says no, you can't use it. I'm going to say no. You work for me. I deem this the best money. I want to save my wealth in Bitcoin. I'm using it. There's nothing you can do to stop me from downloading the software that gives me access to this network. Go push the debt limit higher. Yeah, I mean, fuck politicians, man. Like, politicians will not save us. We're going to have to save ourselves. It's the only option. Yeah. Um, but is but like it, the... it is interesting. It is interesting that Bitcoin is a talking point. It's interesting that... Uh, 
the population that is Bitcoiners is considered a uh, a large enough population for politicians to virtue signal to, which is a sea change from what we've seen, you know, four years ago, even. Yeah. I put that at the end of my thread last night. Well, I don't depend on the politicians to defend this, right? I will defend it myself. It is great to see them acknowledging implicitly or explicitly, excuse me, that this, this right does exist. It should exist. And so in the last week, obviously I'm back in Austin, Matt's back in Nashville. We had the Bitcoin 2023 conference for all the drama that is spilled on the Twitter. I had a great time. Uh, I had a good time, a lot of good conversations, a lot of good content. Um, but one of the big themes was... The open source stage was fucking awesome. It was. Uh, big theme, though. RFK, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Tulsi. I don't think she's officially thrown her hat in the ring to run yet, but she was there as well, opining on the virtue of Bitcoin. And like Matt said, not then obviously last night, you had Ron DeSantis' Twitter spaces with David Sachs and Elon Musk and other guests who joined the stage in which he was pressed uh, by David Sachs about what he plans to do with Bitcoin and Americans' rights to access Bitcoin. And he said, if I'm president, you will be able to do Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is... I thought that was interesting because Sachs, I mean, has a big platform now with uh, like their shitty RHR competitor. Um, but uh, they like rarely talk about Bitcoin. Like bank runs were happening and stuff. They were like, we need a solution to this problem. And they just were not talking about Bitcoin at all. Well, it's funny. So too. I thought it was interesting that he pushed the question. I I do tune into uh, all in every once in a while, and a few weeks ago, like oh, that's what it's called. Maybe uh maybe a month and a half ago, they did talk about Bitcoin, but they're like, oh, it's not private enough. Like everybody's fucked because I think some of them are chain analysis backers. And they're trying to pump. They're the probably chain also like bags. mobile coin pre mine holders and Zcash pre mine holders. We know they all had fat bags of Solana at one point. We talked about it. Yeah, they were, they were laughing at retail as they were dumping on them. Yeah. Um, but no, back to the point. Bitcoin is a, <laughs> a campaign topic for 2024 U.S. presidential election. Pretty crazy. It is. You know what else is crazy? Is I, that, I mean, look, the reason Freedom Tech is important is because if, if we're going to rely on corrupt po- politicians to protect us, like we're fucked. So we need, we need tech... And we need tools uh, that allow us to take it into our own hands. But at the same time, like I'd rather not be worried about my own government throwing me in a gulag for using Freedom Tech. Yeah. No, it would be good. Who knows what's going to happen with the election? What I was going to say, it's exhausting. I'm already exhausted. The fact that the 2024 election, which won't happen until November of next year, has begun in earnest, at least the campaigning for it has. This is a shitty, one of the shitty things, one of the many shitty things of the American political process is the year and a half long came campaigning. So you really only get like a year forever and a half. campaigns. It's forever campaigns. It's just like forever. Yeah. Um, I see uh, Bitcoin Park member uh, Rob Hamilton in the comments. Um, with a, he had a callback. He says he's been a member for 104 days and he still has not received a Bitcoin park hat. Uh, Rob, next time you come to the park, 
you know, consider joining us in June. We have a big week scheduled in June. We have a big week scheduled in July. Come to the park. I got a hat with uh, with your name on it. I don't have a hat yet either, Rob. If it makes. You're also not a member. Well, 1031 is a member, so I'm sort of grandfathered in through that back door. Mm, it's true. Yeah. That's a good point. It is a very you drive point. a hard bargain. Yeah. I, I'm, Marty, do you think mempools are going to clear? I do. Where are mempools? Where is the state of the Bitcoin network? Let's let's go to Clark's dashboard real quick. I do think mempools are going to clear. There are currently 90,796 transactions at Clark's mempool. If we go over to mempool. I think I got you on the record. I think I got you on the record like right before uh, this recent bout of mempool congestion. Uh, saying that mempools will always clear. Eventually. I think that was like RHR 249 or something. Eventually, always. Uh, there are 329,195 transactions in mempool.space's mempool, which is a large mempool. Current price of Bitcoin is 26,465. Cuck bucks. One cuck buck is going to get you 3,779 sats. Bitcoin market cap is currently 513 billion cuck bucks on the mark. We are block height 791,376. Uh, we did not mention on stage uh, in Miami, but we have had a difficulty adjustment since the last time we mentioned it. That was an upwards adjustment of 3.2%. We're currently 912 blocks away from the next adjustment, which is estimated to be on May 31st. So on Monday, Memorial Day here in the United States, estimated to be an upwards adjustment of 0.9%. Blocks been coming in at nine minutes and 55 seconds on average. And we currently have, ooh, Samurai Unspent capacity in Whirlpool has fallen below 7,000, currently sitting at 6,830.4 BTC. I wonder if the uh, fee market has contributed to the fall in unspent capacity in, in Whirlpool. Well, unspent capacity is an interesting metric because it's post coin join rounds. Um, and actually with, with, uh, Sparrow's integration of Whirlpool, you can mix directly to your cold storage. Um, so it shouldn't directly contribute to, to unspent capacity going down. Um, but it definitely, you know, makes coin joins more expensive. Now, the way Whirlpool is set up is kind of interesting because new entrants are the ones who pay the fee, the mining fee. Um, if you're remixing, you don't pay an additional mining fee. So uh, if 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 people need the privacy and they're willing to pay for it, uh, then there'll be there'll be coin join rounds, which is how the incentive should be set up, in my opinion. Yeah, below seven thousand six hundred eighty. Um, 830. Yeah. What, uh, w one interesting thing, um, that you just mentioned was our, we, we did another RHR, uh, in-person rip on stage on the open source stage. Um, it was fucking awesome. We had so many freaks in person. So shout out to all the freaks who joined us to all the freaks who didn't join us. I just want to say, we take it very seriously, the delay that happens when, you know, the release to the podcast feeds and stuff when we do the in-person rips. And um, we worked with the team at Bitcoin Magazine to get it up on the podcast feed ASAP. They prioritized it for us. 
Um, but sorry that there was a delay there. We did try and get it up as quick as possible. Yeah. And shout out to you freaks who were there in person, packed house at the open source stage, standing room only a lot of good participation in the Q and a part. Obviously we had Rob Hamilton who's begging for a hat and uh, Max Keaton <laughs> <laughs> on stage with us. Great conversation. Rob was telling me, uh, you know, he really does believe this is the year of Miniscript because he's, he's everyone's favorite I mean, Miniscript he, influencer. He has to believe that. Every year it's going to be the year of Miniscript if you're the biggest Miniscript influencer. Logan, I think, um, I think Marty's headphones are too loud because I hear myself. You're going to turn out my his headphones. mic, I think. You're going to do this to me? Now I can't um, even hear anything. I, uh, well... What was I saying? Oh, Rob. I told Rob that uh, I'm waiting for it. As soon as Miniscript gets any kind of real adoption, I'm going to set it back by doing a public boating accident where I pretend that I lost my Bitcoin in a tragic Miniscript bug. Well, now you just, you just outed yourself. It's going to be completely ineffective. Dude, do you remember the, do you remember the lightning node? Yeah. The lightning node, I, I like 50% of people believe the tweet that the lightning node was taken from us and switched behind Tor and all the channels kept at low fees. <laughs> I still believe that, was it? Yeah, exactly. Of course, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. RIP to that lightning node. Shout out to the node operator for being so kind to keep the channels open. Dude, I still have... I still have Austin li listed of where I live on Twitter, and I feel like half the people on Twitter believe it. Fooled me. Fooled me for quite a bit there. I know where you live now. I know where you live. Uh, Bitcoin 2023. I had a lot of fun. It was a good time. A lot of drama. It was good. Vibes were high. I mean, people, I don't know. Just when you're in person, just in-person interactions are amazing. Um, and I said it on stage to close out the conference. Um, but I will reiterate it again. I said on stage with... Adam and, and Maulers, Adam Beck and, and Jack Maulers, um, who, by the way, are going to come on dispatch tomorrow uh, because our time was too short on stage. It's very hard to have a conversation in less than 30 minutes. Um, but people don't realize how much work goes into any kind of event, any size event. But an event that is, is that many people is fucking insane. And the team isn't that large. It's like a it's like a fifty person team is dedicated to the conference. The whole company is like a hundred people, um, and there's just so many people. Like everyone knows the faces of the operation, right? Like everyone knows like David Bailey and CK, but there's all these unnamed people that are just behind the scenes that just dedicate so much of their time to making sure that event goes on. So. Um, it's uh, there's just a, I I have um there's a lot of appreciation there. Um, do I have my issues with some of the decisions? Yes, I'm gonna have CK on next week on dispatch, and we're gonna like talk through everything, have a proper debrief, and uh, with our Citadel dispatch live chat so everyone can participate. But um, yeah, I just don't think people appreciate how difficult it is, and it was it was pretty close to flawless execution. It's a big logistics problem to solve. They've solved it well. Moving to Nashville next year. You're not going to have to travel. How's that feel? Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to go to Miami. 
Fuck Miami. Miami's a shit coin. Five nights in Miami is like four nights too long. I told you, Marty, uh, you're going to bend the knee eventually and move to Nashville. Don't know about that. There was a rumor swirling around the conference that next year was going to be in Vegas, and I was very disheartened that that was going to be the case. I'm very happy to hear it's in Nashville and not Las Vegas. I think, and so, I mean, with all that said, like, there's all this stuff now, now that we have to figure out at Bitcoin Park in terms of the conference being in Nashville. I think we're going to make it members only that week. Um, but yeah. Vibes are high. I'm excited that Nashville is getting the recognition it deserves. We have a very strong Bitcoin community here. And uh, it's just a fun city. It's a good city. We have great airport. Fantastic airport. Very centrally located. Great airport. That's what you're going to lean into? Wait, don't you like our airport? It's a super amazing. convenient airport. The, uh, the Austin Gate is probably at the furthest end of the airport. So no, I don't like it. We do that intentionally to neg you guys. Um, no, I kid. The, the Austin, Austin, Nashville. It's not a competition. The Austin, Nashville connection is very strong. Southwest has like really easy flights from Austin to Nashville. Yeah, no, it's pretty easy. Um, I don't know, dude. We lived in New York for so long that like it really is like like I tell New Yorkers like, oh, I'll pick you up at the airport. They're like, oh my god, like Matt is such a good friend. It's like so easy. It's yeah, like it's so easy in Nashville. That's the great thing about the Austin airport. Number one, it's one terminal, which I love. Number two. It's like literally 15 minutes from any part of central yeah. to South Austin. Yeah. I mean, once you, once you have to live with the burden of New York area airports, it's like, I just assume wherever you are, it feels better. <clears throat> I, f I hate New York area airports. Shout out to LaGuardia. It's the least shitty of all the airports in the, in the region, but not fun. Last comment on the conference. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to lean into the airport. Airport is good. It's a good airport. Yeah. Last comment on the conference. Stop fighting like a bunch of children. It's unbecoming. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I think there's also like, it's a bear market, Marty. People like fighting in bear markets. It's exhausting. Don't people have better things? Does anybody work? Like you just spent a week at a conference and you're spending the rest of your... <laughs> Your time fighting on Twitter. You have shit to do. I will. Last piece of if, if we're still talking about the conference. Udi's a bad faith actor and can go fuck himself. I would agree there. That's the point I'm trying to make. Don't feed the beast. Yeah. Well, I can't. I'm blocked. So. So am I. But he's watching. First topic on the list. Tornado Cash Dev facing Dutch charges to question chain analysis data alleging criminal links. Chain analysis, hot in the news these days. Fuck them. So they're disputing, well, that's the thing. So that we have two cases <clears throat> in which chain analysis is involved. This one, Tornado Cash Dev, uh, we're mentioning it today because his lawyers are disputing the evidence that are purporting links to uh, criminal money in the tornado cash, the chain analysis is basically saying, Hey, our analysis is saying this is connected to illegal activities. Um, what's his name? Uh, Alex, right? Or Alexi? Alexi. Alexi, Alexi Pertsev. Yeah. Alexi's uh, lawyers are saying, Hey, uh, we don't think 
this analysis is actually accurate. And then another case going on right now uh, is with an individual named Roman who is be alleged to have run the centralized mixer Bitcoin fog uh, and chain analysis is an integral part of that case too, because they're claiming that they can prove um, a link transaction uh, of his to the eventual purchase of the domain name for bitcoinfog.com. Matt had right. Roman's lawyers on the podcast. We discussed it about a couple months ago. Uh, Peter had the lawyers on the podcast last week and they were on the open source stage as well. And I think it's a very important topic to discuss right now, chain analysis involvement in both these cases, because if these cases are successful and Alexi and Roman are proven guilty, it's, it's a very weird precedent that could set the stage for chain it's analysis. It's a dangerous, it's a, being it's abused. a dangerous precedent. Yeah. Hey, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's stronger word choice than weird. Like it is fucking, it, it, like the way the the way um, Roman's case is set up, like he admits to being a user of Bitcoin Fog. Like the way custodial mixers work is you send Bitcoin in and they send you someone else's Bitcoin. So obviously his Bitcoin is connected to Bitcoin Fog. Um, but he's not the operator or he claims he's not the operator. But I will say, you know, Bitcoin Fog has still been operating since he's been in jail. It, it continues to run. Um, so someone else is clearly operating it. But anyway, the, the reason it's so dangerous is because if you follow that line of reasoning, pretty much any Bitcoiner can be accused with this faulty analysis, this malicious analysis can be accused of running one of these services. Yeah. And that's what if I send Marty Bitcoin <laughs> and Marty sends someone else Bitcoin and then they send it into Bitcoin fog, then I'm quote unquote connected and I could be accused of being the operator. Yes. And what's really scary here is the Justice Department is declaring that chain analysis stamp of approval is scientific. So they're saying there's trust the science. Right, like DNA evidence. Yeah. They're they're equating it with that. And with Roman's case particularly, just to highlight the revolving door between chain analysis and the government. I wrote about this last night in the bent. So it involves the Justice Department, the IRS, and the FBI. So the original prosecutor on the case for Roman uh, has since joined Chain Analysis and serves as their general counsel and has been replaced by the replaced as prosecutor for this case by the FBI agent who initiated the investigation against Roman. Uh, in a press release, the Justice Department thanked a consulting firm owned by an IRS investigator that was later acquired by chain analysis. So the link between chain analysis, chain analysis, not chain analysis, chain, ana chain analysis does chain analysis properly. Known they do chain, chain surveillance. surveillance. Yes. Um, so you have the original prosecutor has stepped down and joined chain analysis as the general counsel. That is bad incentives. 101 perverse incentives. Uh, she comes from the Justice Department to chain analysis, and her, you can't pretend like she doesn't talk to people there anymore. And she's highly incentivized to have Roman prosecuted because it will cement chain analysis as a quote unquote scientific tool. 
Um, That's why they hired her. Yeah. Uh, the FBI agent is now the prosecutor. So she's obviously got um, uh, some, she's not a partial individual in this case. And then the whole Justice Department thanking a consulting firm owned by an IRS investigator that was eventually, and that consulting firm was eventually bought by Chainalysis. It, it stinks. There's a lot of interconnections here. The judge, the judge owns a prison, I believe. Yes. That is another fact. Which is fucking ridiculous. So he's incentivized like, to I send mean, our, Roman our to jail. Gov- <laughs> our government, like, knows no bounds to corruption. Like, that should be the most basic level anti-corruption measure. Like, judges should not own private prisons. For anybody saying, why not? The incentives. If you're a judge and you own a private prison, you want more people to go to jail. So you're... Highly incentivized to so fucked up to rule Not against funny. them. It's so, fucked up. So you get revenue in your private prison. Uh, but again, that is a scary scenario. Really if up. these two cases uh, cement chain analysis and their stamp of approval is scientific, like Matt said earlier, it will be trivial for the government to lobby <clears throat> charges against individuals, individual Bitcoin users in the future. And just tap chain analysis and say, hey, give us the scientific stamp of approval that you think there's some connection without actually. That's the other messed up part. Like they're not sharing the heuristics and inputs used to um, declare. Yeah, it's a complete black box. Declare the connections. They won't even give them access to chain, chain analysis's like uh, proprietary tooling because they're not uh, subscribers to it. And you can't be a subscriber to it. And even that wouldn't help because you can't verify anything. But it's still a black box, but um, they won't even give them access to that. And you can't just like go to Chain Analysis website and sign up. Like you need to actually um, like bend the knee and, and go to them and pay them, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get access to the proprietary black box. We could say and this because they were not we even tried. giving the defense team that access. We tried. We, we applied. <laughs> Never we got applied a years ago. Never got a response. No response. Uh, but yeah, this is really also. Scary. I made a call out to freaks. I made a call out to freaks. You know, um, and I'll make the call out again. Like, if you have access to your company, like I would love to take a look. I'll be very discreet about it. I won't. I, I won't uh, burn my source. <clears throat> Any whistleblowers out there? Like a drunk tweet thread or anything? Yeah. No, it's very scary. Um, I mean, on that note, like, look, part of the, part of the issue we have in this industry uh, is that regulated companies are quick to kind of fall in line behind all this corruption. Uh, they subscribe to chain analysis, um, and then they essentially do a lot of the lobbying work for them because then they go to regulators and they say, look, we've covered our ass. We've protected ourselves because we do chain analysis on our users and we use this service to make sure that no criminal activity is happening. Um, most people don't realize this. Not every Bitcoin service is using these chain surveillance tools. Uh, it's just most of them that aren't using it can't, you know, don't publicly talk about it because they don't want uh they don't want that target on their back, but there is an option. Like you don't have to do it. It's not required by law to do it. And the reason I bring it up is because, uh, 
David Marcus's Light Spark has been getting a lot of publicity lately. And uh, recently he went on Twitter, I think it had an attached blog post, and he was very excited that they were the first, I think he said the first, the first lightning service provider that had a partnership with Chain Analysis and a bunch of other surveillance firms. And he used that as a selling point. Like, look, you can sign up to lightning and be regulatory compliant. Um, You're part of the problem. Yeah, I found Consider not doing that. Yeah, some additional LightSpark updates. Excited to onboard Rain, one of the leading Middle Eastern, Northern Africa exchanges onto our platform, extend Lightning to millions of consumers, extending Lightning to merchants via Flex HQ, enabling regulated entities to get on Lightning and remain in compliance through partnerships with Chainalysis, Nota Bene Idea, ID, excuse me, and TRM Labs. <laughs> So fucked up. You bragged about it. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, this is something we've been saying for years. And what's really corrosive about companies bending the knee, buying subscriptions to these services, and then thrusting the surveillance on their users is at the end of the day, KYC AML regulations, which a lot of this surveillance quote-unquote compliance stems from are these kyc aml regulations and as we've said thousands of times throughout the years even though we were only 254 episodes in we've definitely said it multiple times on multiple episodes like kyc aml is the illicit service it does not stop people from committing crimes criminals are going to criminal they do not care about your kyc aml laws they will route around it. And if anything, these laws make them true. stronger because they have to get more creative and more nimble. I mean, I, there was a report that said they could buy a verified Binance account for $400. Like some, some criminals will steal identity information because all this identity information is super easy to steal now because all these different services are all collecting it. But there's also just people around the world that like $400 is a sizable chunk for them like that's a real amount of money for them and they will go verify it like we were talking about worldcoin earlier worldcoin is essentially first of all the orb promoters and by the way the orb is not our terminology that's what they call the device that scans your fucking eyeballs uh will tell you that it deletes the information from your eyeball after it scans it there is absolutely no way for us to verify it and at the very least like normalizing the idea of scanning people's eyeballs in return for free shit coins is a horrible thing to normalize across the world. It's just fucking ridiculous. But when they, when, the way they have their setup is they pay a portion of the pre-mine to people around the world who buy the orbs. You buy the orbs. It's like an MLM scheme, right? You buy the orbs, uh, and then every time you scan an eyeball – you get paid a portion of the pre-mine and the person whose eyeball you scanned gets a portion of the pre-mine. And now there's reports coming out that people are selling pictures of their fucking eyeballs for a smaller portion of that amount because now that eyeball information has value. So if you want to talk about perverse incentives, they essentially, this shitcoin created an incentive for people to sell their eyeball scans. 
Same thing with KYC. It reminds me of Minority Report. And the whole idea that they could take your eyeball scan and delete that information, but then you're expected to use your eyeball to confirm. Like That doesn't make sense to me. Maybe I'm too dumb. Maybe I don't get the zero-knowledge-proof cryptography involved, but it seems like to well, get access. You can access, think of it like a hash. They like essentially create the private key from your eyeball data. Um, so then, then you can like back up the, <laughs> you, still, you can, you can back up your private key separately. You don't have to constantly rescan your eyeball is, is the way the system is designed. Uh, um, but yeah, regardless, they have orbs around the world and they're paying people part of their shitcoin pre-mine to scan other people's eyeballs. And then those people are also getting paid part of the shitcoin pre-mine. And then there's other people that are just selling pictures of their eyeballs so that they can get a portion of the shitcoin pre-mine or get paid probably fiat, whatever their local fiat is or whatever. Yeah. But according. And there's a ton of VC firms that have invested in it. Like there it is. It is. They just raised a hundred million dollars. I think was the, was the top line. Here's one of the firms. I thought WorldCoin was some dystopian Orwellian nightmare. Then our team invested hundreds of hours evaluating what the project's contributors have actually built, and I completely changed my mind. Why we led the latest finance. This is Bogart's tweet. Yes. WorldCoin is quite literally like the single the most misunderstood project in all of crypto, and that's saying something. At first glance, it appears to be a noxious combination of hardware, biometrics, crypto, and AI, for good reason, folks get concerned and sensitive when it comes to biometrics, particularly so when you add a dose of crypto. Several sci-fi films and novels even features even feature some notions of eyeball harvesting. Naturally, the dystopian view quickly comes to mind. In reality, WorldCoin's World ID is the most compelling solution we've seen to the decades-old Sybil problem. Sproul breaks it down here in a in a thread. In short, WorldCoin has my a response? Yes. In short, WorldCoin has a unique opportunity to establish and scale a new privacy-preserving primitive for the internet, in parentheses, World ID, that enables any application to easily distinguish between machines, aka bots, and humans. With any ability to easily distinguish between machines and humans, we can improve the UX of the internet, enable myriad new features and applications, and help restore trust in digital communities knowingly conversing with real humans instead of bot armies. The project's contributors have done incredible work solving hard problems in both the hardware and software realms, but make no mistake, the problem that WorldCoin is tackling with World ID is a difficult one, and it's important that we get this right. So take a spin through the documentation or code, ask your questions, <laughs> and express your concern or criticism. It's your, with the D-Y-O-R, do your own research <laughs> at the end. The TLDR is that he fucking, well, how he changed his mind was that he is now invested in them and is going to get a financial reward if they're successful. Is That's the fucking TLDR, but yeah, go on, Marty. I'm no longer a world coin stan. I thought it was retinas. My line in the sand is irises and they crossed it. <laughs> um, I've learned now I just stay eyeballs because honestly it hits harder anyway. Um, but so there's a couple of things to unpack here on this. Uh, first of all, they they say it, we need it because of AI and and Sybil resistance against AI and and the idea of Sybil 
a civil attack is this is this idea that you get flooded um, with requests or messages or Bitcoin transactions, right? And you don't know which one is from bots and which ones are from real people. Um, you don't know which ones are honest actors, which ones are malicious actors. Now, Satoshi solved the civil problem, and that was with proof of work. Um, anyone can expend energy to mine Bitcoin. Um, that work is verifiable by anybody. Um, it cannot be faked. And as a result, they get a portion of the block subsidy and transaction fees, equivalent to the amount of work they contributed. Civil problem completely solved. Uh, does not involve scanning eyeballs, does not involve a VC pre-mine, and that's why they don't like it. But it's interesting because it's this whole thread of like most VCs just fucking hate proof of work, right? They're constantly trying to come up with all these other ridiculous schemes that make them money that can that they can rent seek and be a part of and Worldcoin is is no different there um the second thing is that he keeps repeating this idea that the eyeball information is deleted absolutely no way you can verify that period and like i said even if for some reason you could verify it um it creates this horrible incentive where people just get comfortable scanning their eyeballs and you don't know if it's like a malicious orb that is uh harvesting eyeballs in you know in ghana or something and there's 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 no way to enforce that right um so it's 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 fucking dark oh and then the third thing is they keep saying like ai is the reason we need this well sam altman founder of worldcoin is also the founder of open ai which is not open source just uses the name open ai it's not like open at all um, which is the chat GPT company, the company that is mainstreaming AI. So they got their, you know, they're, they're dipping into both piles. They're, they're creating the problem and monetizing it off on that side. And then they're launching a shit coin that supposedly solves the problem they created. Um, and then with all that said, I just want to wrap it. I think it's pretty obvious to me that most blue check uh, that blue checks are going to require eyeball scans relatively soon. Like he even said it like bot armies fighting bot armies. I think Elon has said in the past, like uh, authenticate all humans. Um, it's going to happen. I know people think it's crazy, but also a lot of you people thought I was crazy saying mempools will never clear again. And now you think full mempools are an attack on Bitcoin. Well, uh, uh... I know you've been attacking me on Twitter for my blue check. Call me a wef cuck. <laughs> I told you my line has been drawn. If Elon asked me he for my iris, word. he's not getting it. Okay. I've never called you a wef cuck, Marty, even though it was implied. Where they have like the wef executive is now the CEO of Twitter. Do we cover that on the show? I don't think we did, but you definitely called me a wef cuck at one point. Or you subtweeted (laughs) me calling me a wef cuck. Not appreciated. Fair enough. You're not getting my eyes. Take some responsibility for your actions. Remove your blue check, Marty. I don't think you can. Do you eat the bugs? Do you live in the pod? Do you have a blue check? I don't live in the pod. I have a nice three bedroom house with a backyard and a front yard that I rent. (laughs) <laughs> don't eat the bugs I don't think they're sneaking bugs into the food try to stay away from the processed food Steve Barber found out the hard way he was eating bugs for a long time they can put bugs in your in your food in Canada they don't have to tell you 
But yeah, this is bad. Resist the orb. And she's not like the new CEO is not just uh, it's not one of your classic. I mean, you see it a lot, right? Where it's like a founder. I think Lightning Labs got dragged into this. Like a founder gets listed on, you know, WEF leaders on their like website or whatever, um, which is not great either. Like you shouldn't virtue signal to the WEF like they're a horrible organization. But um, this goes above and beyond that. Like she's an executive she was an executive at the WEF. Like she was like a, a proper WEF leader. Like she, like her and Klaus, like would have tea together and talk about how they were going to get Marty to get a blue check. And now she's the CEO of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. Brent droid makes a good point. Like what's to stop somebody from, Spinning up a bunch of AI generated images of irises, just scanning those. Oh no, I haven't gone that far into the documentation, but I assume they have uh, maybe some kind of like thermal. Ch- I guess they don't even have thermal checks or anything because they're like the pictures are enough. I don't know. I don't know what they do. I haven't. Please don't make me go through the documentation further. I've We're going to have to because this is an AI podcast now. And WorldCoin <laughs> is a very pivotal part of our AI future. <laughs> do your own research. You have to do your own research, apparently. Yeah. Here's a long thread about why we invested and then you just end it with do your own research. Is a funny little cop out. Yeah. I'm kidding, freaks. This is a Bitcoin podcast. We've got more Bitcoin topics to talk about. We've got a long list today. Is there anything you want to tie the knot on? With the I mean, I, world? we're definitely a Bitcoin podcast. I, I, I think we're more of a freedom tech podcast though. Like we are, we're covering Noster things now. We, we do branch out. It's true. Yeah. You've got an ammo guy coming on Citadel soon. Yeah. We're definitely not an AI podcast though. But maybe we'll have, I mean, did we cover that like Google leaked memo or whatever where they were like open source AI stuff is going to absolutely Outpace. wreck us and, and also open AI and stuff? Yeah, we did not cover that. But that is an interesting, hopeful glimmer of light yeah. in this dystopian topic we're talking about. So for you freaks. Yeah, I got a little bit, I got a little bit psyops out of that, like a uh, little psyop reaction out of that everyone like breath a sigh of relief they're like oh google thinks like open source ai is going to dominate or whatever um but it is definitely something to watch i mean obviously it seems like the ai tools are here to stay right like and they're only going to grow from here so it'd be nice to have open permissionless alternatives uh so everyone doesn't have to dox themselves to sam altman to take advantage of the ai tools like that poor privacy caring like 15 year old, like everyone in his class is cheating because they all dox themselves to Sam Altman, scan their eyeballs. And like, he has to actually write the essay himself. That's a fucking perverse incentive. Yeah. Matt, Matt's claiming his first false, false flag on RHR. The Google delete Google oh, doc I- was a false flag. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> I don't think that's my first one. Is that my, there's no way that's my first one. I don't know. What else? 
Oh yeah, you did call nine eleven a false flag event a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shit doesn't add up. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, yeah, beware, freaks. Draw the line in irises. I was comfortable with retinas. Irises are a step too far, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't we can't give them the irises. Do your own eyeball research. <laughs> learn learn how eyes work. Because otherwise, you can't argue against it. Like, who are you to to argue against it if you haven't done that research? Yeah, go get your medical degree and then come back to us, please. You, you can't speak on the subject until until you have that doctorate. Next on the list, Azteco. <laughs> Opened up the floodgates in Costa Rica. You can now buy Azteco Bitcoin vouchers at more than 3,000 locations online. Or with a bank transfer. This is huge. Love it to is. see it. Azteco is a great way to buy Bitcoin. No Costa KYC. Rica. Costa Rica is one of my favorite countries on the planet. Very convenient. Pura Vida. Pura Vida. What a great country. They also have no property taxes, so you actually own your land. They have no military People either. Nice. I think they're the only country in the world oh, without like, a military. I mean, a lot of countries have no or limited military because we just handle it, but... Yeah, Costa Rica is a pretty dollarized country too. You can spend dollars pretty much anywhere. Yeah, but uh, they should be applauded for it, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Costa Rica is great. It's just you just feel healthier when you're there. Everything just feels better. Yeah, the sun rises it's at like five a.m. Definitely a life hack. A lot yeah. of American expats in Costa Rica. Yeah. Um, shout out, just shout doing out to- real quick. I oh yeah, shout out. Hit a shout out. Azteca. I was just going to say, they've been around for a while. Great company. Grinding Building in with great principles. Not uh, not bending the need to chain analysis, chain surveillance, and KYC. Led by Beauty On. Love to see it. Um, just to go back to WorldCoin real quick. <laughs> I thought we tied them up. it seems like the topic of the episode. Uh, minority Report, right? Like, they were like getting like counterfeit eyes, right? Or they were yeah, getting Tom, other people's Tom eyeballs, Cruise right? got an eye, eye transplant, so they couldn't track him. Yeah, he had to get a, like a black market eyeball. Yeah, remember that scene where it's, cut, it's like post-surgery. Coming to a town near you. And the dude who did like the black market surgery for him left him in, in his kitchen. He was like, yeah, there's a sandwich and some milk in the fridge. Apparently he does that for everybody and he doesn't clean out the fridge. Tom Cruise ate a, a very moldy sandwich. <sighs> Damn, well, Minority Report, way ahead of the game. I mean, they really were. Pre-crime, uh, retina scan, or iris scans, excuse me. The pre-crime stuff kind of lines up with the chain surveillance story, too. It really does. It's all here. Yeah. That was a badass scene, too, where he's got to hide in the bathtub with all the ice in it, and then like, the little AI bot comes, scans his iris, is like, oh, transplant's done. You're not the Tom Cruise we think you are. I thought like one of the interesting things they I haven't seen that movie in a while, but one of the things they captured very early on, which I thought was um, on point, is like this idea that it's not necessarily just the government who's going to spy on you. It's it's this idea of surveillance capitalism, right? Like all the ads were using your eyeballs to serve you personalized ads, and then of course you know the gov- the government then gets access to all those databases outside of warrants, you know, get around the constitution. That's what we see today. Like most <clears throat> surveillance is done by corporations selling our data and selling ads. Um, and then governments just, you know, they're, 
the corporations are top of the funnel and then the governments take the take the data from them. Do you remember the moral of minority report? No. These systems are all corrupt. At the end of the day, the people who made them will, will oh, yeah. abuse of them. Of course. Like the dude who created the uh, pre-crime actually murdered somebody and they tried to frame Tom Cruise for it. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Which is why we don't want centralized systems, right? That's why we focus on freedom tech. Yes. Because if, 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 if an individual or entity is in control of these things, they will get corrupted because people inherently get corrupted. Yes. But Bitcoin works on greed. Like every, every, every stakeholder, it, it works under the assumption that every single stakeholder is a corrupt fucking asshole. And, and it's more robust for it, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't beat around the bush. It's like, Hey, humans are greedy. You're going to try and stack as many sets yeah. as possible. Let's set up the incentives to let them compete. Whereas the world exactly. coin pre-crime model is, Hey, we're here to well, minority report. They end in murder in Washington, DC. It was good, but you had a cucked life and the people running the pre-crime division were actually murdering people themselves. That will happen with WorldCoin. <laughs> WorldCoin, while it's going to tell you you can't buy steak, Sam Altman's going to be eating tomahawks every uh, night. It's true. Yeah. All right. Shout out to Azteca. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Next story. Ledger pausing the launch of the recover service after the PR <laughs> fumble that was last week and they're accelerating their open source roadmap. Uh, quote from the release. We have decided to accelerate our open sourcing roadmap to bring more verifiability to everything that we do. So it seems like they are reacting to the market reaction to the release of their backup service. Yeah, so I mean, uh, we talked about this last week uh, on stage because it's important. Um, so I'm not going to reiterate too much there. But um, since then, uh, the What Bitcoin Did episode I did uh, with Pascal, the CEO of Ledger, NVK, the CEO of CoinKite, um, and Harry Suddick uh, has been released Um and it seems like that was like the main thing that we were, or at least that I was trying to get out of the show. And by the way, it was really interesting. Like that wasn't, that wasn't obviously a planned show. It kind of came together as everything was happening. Um, but uh, I mean, this is exactly what they need to do. Like they're, it, it has become a, a very obvious to people that if you use a closed source hardware wallet like Ledger, uh, you have to trust them that firmware updates aren't malicious. There's no way for you to verify it, period. Um, regardless of whether or not you think the recovery service makes sense for you, I think it's a very horrible trade-off balance and people should be very concerned about collusion between the custodians that hold your shards. Um, it only requires two of them to collude or get forced by governments uh, to take your money, to seize your money which is just, like I said, really bad threat model. Um, but uh, uh, they, it, it is good to see them react in this way, which is pause on releasing this new service. Let everyone take a deep breath. Their customers are fucking panicking and most people lose their Bitcoin when they panic, right? 
the overwhelming, like we can argue about all these different trade-off balances and stuff. The overwhelming time, the overwhelming majority of Bitcoin that is lost besides lost on custodians like FTX or Celsius or BlockFi um, are lost because people panic, make mistakes and, and, and basically shoot themselves in the foot. So this, this shows that they care about their customers, in my opinion, um, that they're willing to pause this service rollout. That seemed like an obvious decision. And now they do say open source. They're not open sourcing things. They're making them source viewable so people can verify what is actually in the firmware updates. Um, and that's the best path forward. It's how it always should have been. Um, and uh, hopefully they actually follow through with it and it's not just lip service, you know, that they're going to actually do it. So we have to actually stay vigilant and pay attention to it and see if they're actually going to do it. Um, but yeah, the, the, this is like the only responsible way for them to handle the situation, in my opinion. Yes. Agreed. <clears throat> and it should be noted, even though it was a massive PR fumble. And as Matt mentioned, that recovery setup comes with some pretty terrible trade-offs. There are a lot of good, smart Bitcoiners working at Ledger who do truly want to bring people secure, source-viewable cold storage. Not there yet. They're getting getting closer. That's the other thing. I mean, we talk about this a lot. Maybe this would have come sooner if they were more focused on Bitcoin. Obviously, Ledger is a wallet that services thousands of cryptocurrencies. <clears throat> and when you do that, it takes away focus from what we would argue is the most important thing you should be doing, which is trying to bring the top tier security to, to Bitcoiners who want to take custody of their Bitcoin and hold it in cold storage. So that's why at 1031, we invest in Bitcoin only companies because it's part of the thesis. It's not the only reason, but part of the thesis is they'll be more focused on actually providing value, security, utility to individual Bitcoiners because they have that focus. Beware freaks. It also makes it easier to verify the code because you don't have all this other shit going on. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to Bitcoin only focus. Um, but yeah, I would call this I would call this a win for any ledger user out there. I think you should still consider at least for your Bitcoin stack. I mean, if you insist on holding shit coins, um, you don't have many good options out there. So you maybe keep your shitcoin stack on Ledger, but I mean, you should just sell it for Bitcoin and then get a better hardware wallet. Um, yeah. This also highlights the benefits, uh, improving your setup, the benefits of <clears throat> multi-sig wallets with different devices. So you distribute that risk among multiple keys and then multiple yeah. hardware wallets. I mean, that's another thing, right? Is like, yeah, so this idea of multi-vendor multi-sig, right? Which is that you... Maybe you have a three of five multi-sig um, or a two of three multi-sig. Let's go through the two of three example. You have a two of three multi-sig. You have three hardware wallets from three different vendors. It requires a signature from two of them to spend your funds. Um, if they're three different vendors, then two of the vendors need to be compromised and ship malicious firmware updates or malicious hardware in the first place uh, for your for your funds to be compromised. Now, um, Ledger actually 
you know, you, you can use Ledger in this setup uh, with like a Sparrow wallet um, or other multi-sig coordinators like Nunchuck. You can use it with Unchained. You can use it with Casa in this setup. But the reason why Ledger doesn't like integrate any kind of multi-sig stuff into their software suite, because like the majority of people that are using something like Ledger or Trezor even are using their in-house software suite, right? So like Trezor has Web Suite or whatever they call it. Um, and Ledger has Ledger Live. And the reason is because native Bitcoin multisig doesn't work with all the shit coins they support, right? So they have to come up with these other schemes in order to support all the different shit coins in terms of backup. Yeah. But to put a pin in everything, like if you're going to shit coin, if, if you insist, if you insist on shitcoining, you should have one setup for holding your shitcoins. And then you should have one setup for holding the scarcest money that humanity has ever seen. Like, I think that should be a very logical, straightforward concept for people. Like, hold your Bitcoin in a different way and hold it in a more secure way. Agreed. We got to read Jeffy's comment which i co-signed big shout out to salvatore at ledger who helped bring stateless wallet policy registration to fruition and again since chevy commented <clears throat> people may ask like he was right. involved in the mini script too yeah the and mini scripts so the problem and jevy mentioned this earlier in the comments too the big problem is not only that you're sharding to three different entities that could easily collude to sweep your funds to a wallet that they choose, it's also associating the KYC with that. So you can be very granularly targeted as well. Well, I would say, Jevy, I love you. And Unchained is a sponsor of the podcast. And 1031 is an investor and supporter of Unchained. And I you know, consider most of the Unchained uh, team family, but that is what Unchained does. Yeah, but they can't collude unless you're like in the lending product to take your Bitcoin. Right. But they're still associating your balances with KYC information. It's true. Which is what his comment was. Yeah. Trade-offs. Distribute. Oh, Jeffy's saying Unchained does not have private key information. Okay. So that's the delineation. Yes. But they know your transaction history. And if you're using the lending product... It's held with it's two of three. The user holds one key, Unchained holds one key, and a third party holds the third key. So the two of them could collude to take the money. Kingdom Trust. There you go. <clears throat> but if they do that, I mean, you should have legal <laughs> ramifications. I like this one. BTC pins. This is a new one for if there is if there are a sponsor in a portfolio company, sponsor of the sponsor of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of portfolio companies, Strike goes global, expands to 65 countries to reach 3 billion people, and they're moving their global headquarters to El Salvador. So two big things here, uh, opening up the wallet to the globe and then domiciling in El Salvador. And they're the second company to announce a new headquarters in El Salvador. Isn't Fold moving there too? No, Fold announced an office. An office. Is, like, an office, that's what it is. insinuates yeah. that they're going to go through this <clears throat> process too. This is like a, 
a regulatory process that El Salvador has announced that's open to any company that wants to take advantage of it. Um, and Strike, I believe, is the first one to take advantage of it. And I thought it was in classic Jack fashion. Um, you know, he named the company E4, which is a chess move. Um, so people didn't know it was Strike, which I thought was clever. Um, yeah, look, look, Jack is both of our friends. Um, obviously, uh, Marty already mentioned it, but 1031 led Strike's recent round. We're very proud to support them. Um, Jack has been very, I think Jack has been very vocal that he was, that that he, that he feels horrible that his announcement last year um, hasn't come to fruition yet. Like they're still working on it, um, but that was a complete failure of expectations in terms of merchant adoption. He is aware of it. He talks about it publicly. I, he's talked about it. I've talked about it directly on the BitBlock Boom stage um, in August. I think my first question was, um, why can't I pay in Whole Foods yet, Jack? Uh, and that's how we started off the morning at BitBlock Boom. Um, so, like, if you want them to relive it every time, like, I think that's an unreasonable expectation. Like, they're working on it. The bureaucracy has been way slower than they expected. Um, but, like, Twitter, like, got super mad about this announcement because he didn't, like, comment on the previous announcement. Um, but, yeah, anyway, his new policy is – only announce things when they're ready to launch. And this announcement, one of the beautiful things about this announcement was they expanded to 65 countries and it was literally downloadable on the app store hours before his announcement um, because they couldn't figure out how to time it on the app store release with the announcement. So they just launched it first. So if you were like eagle eyed and you were paying attention in like Australia or India, it launched in fucking India. Uh, which is insane. Like you could download the strike app before the announcement even happened. Um, so I think he deserves some props for that. I think, I think it's a pretty cool strategy that, I mean, first of all, hilarious that not hilarious. It just shows the corruption of New York that they launched in 65 countries before fucking New York. <laughs> uh, I think it shows the corruption. I think it shows the corruption of Europe. Like it's become a meme when Europe that they launched in 65 countries across Latin America, Africa, and Asia before Europe. Um, but uh, the app's out there. It's available. I think it's, uh, you know, if, if you use the app, you, you might notice that, uh, you might notice that there's very little KYC um, and um, they have the send globally feature where you can send to mobile money accounts. So you can use the app to send to all the send globally countries that they have supported already. Um, you can peg your balance to dollars if you want to, or you can keep it in Bitcoin. And uh, I don't want to like pre-announce announcements cause that's what he's doesn't want to do anymore. But uh, obviously, the lack of on-ramps is something that uh, needs to be solved. Yeah, and that was uh, <clears throat> another part of the announcement, particularly you mentioned. You can keep it in Bitcoin or peg it to dollars. You're using Tether to peg it to dollars in a lot of these countries. And, I mean, that's something that has been expressed for years from Strike. Um, 
the tether compatibility. Well, I mean, yet. I don't understand what that anger is because like it doesn't support tether sending. You can't send or receive tether. Like there's no, you can only send and receive Bitcoin on the app. That's all you can do. Um, so yeah, like they have a dollar balance. Uh, it's held in tether. Like, would you rather the dollar balance be held in first Republic bank or chase or some shit? Like, like tether has risk. Obviously everything has fucking risk, but like I, that idea that it's like supporting shit coins is that makes no sense to me. Like it doesn't, yeah. first of all, it doesn't matter what chain tether runs on because <clears throat> the, the security model of tether is what tether says is law. They're a centralized fucking company. Never use Tether. Don't suggest people use Tether. Don't suggest people hold fucking fiat. But um, they don't support Tether sends and receives in the app. I think um, I'm bullish on Tether. They're buying a shit ton of Bitcoin. Did we even mention that? We didn't mention oh that God. last week. They're fucked. Why? Hardy's bullish. No. You jinxed them, man. I just they peaked. lasted 10 years with the U.S. financial juggernaut on their fucking back, and this was the moment. This was their peak clown world moment? I'm sorry, Tether. No, <laughs> no there are some interesting I mean, arguments. Tether... They may be like one of the yeah, largest buyers on. of U.S. treasuries in the world right now, which is insane to yeah. think about. <laughs> so like, they may get some... Yeah, but you remember what happened to the Russia's U.S. Treasuries, right? Like, they became worthless overnight. Yeah, and that backfired pretty quickly on the U.S. Um, now I think they're like, all right, maybe we do need to find more buyers of these treasuries. We didn't talk about it, and it happened between the last party rip we had with Wiz, um, Craig, and Merch, and Arn Surf. But they announced uh, that they're going to be taking a portion, I believe, 10 to 15% of their profits every quarter and rolling that into Bitcoin and that they have 50,000 Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Yeah. They're act- I, I'm pretty sure there was a moment there where they were getting debanked everywhere and the U.S. regulators were coming at them really hard that they switched most of their assets into Bitcoin. They've never admitted it. It's part of the tether truther theory. Um is that they were holding Bitcoin and it's honestly hard to blame them. Like Bitcoin's the best thing to hold. Uh, if you're worried about censorship, um, which they should be. Uh, but yeah, now they're supposedly once again, you can't like verify any of this shit cause it's a centralized company. Also, by the way, people say like when audit by like a big financial firms, like they, the big financial firms refuse to audit them. Um, like they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to touch that with like a fifteen foot fucking pole, but um, now they're saying they're they're holding excess reserves, right? They have they have more money than the amount of tether outstanding, and they're putting a portion of that excess into Bitcoin, and they're just minting money because rates are so high, and they don't pay rates out to tether holders. So like, if you hold money in a bank account. You're supposed to get, you know, some kind of interest rate, which all the, well, by the way, like the banks are all robbing us as well. Um, but with Tether, they pay you no, no interest rate and they just collect the entire interest rate, um, which is now what is like 6%. And it seems like they're putting that into Bitcoin and gold um, and other things. So they're a big buyer of Bitcoin now, which I'm sure the Tether truthers love. 
there's a there's a big Tether Truther Twitter account that I'm not going to name, uh, who's had me blocked for like four years or five years. But I found out the other day he still exists and he's still hating the world. I think he sold his Bitcoin at nine hundred dollars because of Tether. I might hate the world too if I did that. Um, but anyway, to go back to Jack and the strike announcement, I think it's a really big fucking deal. I think it was a big announcement. I think people were too hard on him on Twitter. Um, he's a real person. He's a fucking person. He cares, you know? And, like, he reads all this shit. It, 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 I, I read, people get angry at me. Like, it hurts, you know? I'm, I'm uh, I can fucking handle it. I'm happy to fucking handle it. But, like, he's a person. He cares. He's trying. And uh, people are being a real fucking dick to him. Um, he's going to be on Dispatch tomorrow, Citadel Dispatch tomorrow. No questions are off limits. Adam Back's joining us. Join us in the interactive live chat if you want to ask him a question um, or if you want to ask Adam a question. Uh, what else did he announce? He asked, announced lightning addresses, which I think was a big deal. He was holding up on LNURL for a while, um, hoping for Bolt 12, um, but finally added LNURL support and lightning address support. And he also added Noster NIP5 um integration which i thought was cool so you can have your strike username as your verified account on noster um odell at strike.me for instance i use my own domain but if you wanted to use strikes domain you can do that um yeah i i, I like a personal favorite for me was when they fucked up the audio of his video and he just like stopped the whole announcement just like completely calm and was just like everyone just I can see them. The sound people are behind the stage working on it. They're trying to fix it. Just everyone just wait a second. Everything's going to be okay. Um, just a showman as always. Yeah. I mean, I meant to blow smoke up his ass, but I think people forget before a strike, Jack was doing a lot of things, particularly around Zap, to really push the space forward around Lightning. That was a long-time Zap user. It worked flawlessly. He's a builder man. He's got very ambitious goals to build a juggernaut with strike, and that comes with some collateral damage. Sorry if I looked a bit distracted. We got some breaking news. It, what is it verified? Yes. What's the news, Marty? New York City Banking Commission votes to freeze New York City's deposits at Capital One and Key Bank for not responding uh, to request about demonstrating their efforts to root out discrimination at the banks. This is really perplexing to me. So the city of New York, the New York Banking Commission, <laughs> Wait. froze their own Wait, bank accounts. Wait, it's like accounts. actually the city's money? Yeah, the city just froze their own money at these banks. Nice. I don't get what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like, why would they do that? Why don't they just withdraw their money and stack sats? Yeah. Here's the announcement from the deputy comptroller for policy. <laughs> the perspectives we heard today from New Yorkers who experienced discrimination in the process of opening or closing accounts and frontline bank staff who faced illegal and abusive practices should get all of us, should give all of us pause. We heard from many residents concerned that taxpayer dollars are going to banks that provide financing for predatory lending, fossil fuel extraction, and gun manufacturing in support for the idea 
of a public bank that would instead put those dollars to work for our communities. The banking commission can and should assume a stronger role in assuring that the city only conducts business with banks who demonstrate their commitment to community reinvestment and fair credit practices. Annie Levers. I think this is an important breaking news to bring in to the show because it highlights the scary nature of how your money can be frozen. we, We have, and how perverse incentives can force banking partners to bend the knee. So I think the important parts of the statement here are fossil fuel extraction and gun manufacturing. The banks provide financing for fossil fuel extraction and gun manufacturing. And New York City is saying, we're not going to do business with you. And so this leads to a weird slippery slope if Capital One and KeyBank want New York City's business, they're going to have to prevent um, themselves from servicing fossil fuel extractors and gun manufacturers. This is pretty big. But then, but, but, but they froze their own deposits? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, I mean, look, this is part of the reason why I'm having uh, Phoenix Ammunition on Tuesday. Um, they're a great ammunition manufacturer. Uh, they make rounds of many different sizes, but they also accept Bitcoin. And he's very outspoken uh, on the Bitcoin side. And I think like, you know, this is where you like the... I mean, this is where you always see financial censorship first, right? Is on the controversial uh, hot button industries, right? We saw it in the weed industry. We've been seeing it in the in the gun industry as well. Um, and, you know, our, I mean, my thesis personally has always been with Freedom Tech is like people, people figure it out when they when they find the need, right? And the, that's it's unfortunate because usually people are in a very bad situation when they finally figure out the need. Um, but it's optimistic in that, um, if we keep going down this spiral of more and more censorship and more and more totalitarian control, uh, people will figure it out and there's hope at the end of the tunnel. Now it's pretty disappointing. We, we already saw the early stages of, uh, the credit card companies basically bent the knee. I think it was to New York pressure as well. I think that came out of New York um, to basically create a subcategory on all credit card transactions that labeled them as as gun transactions, either people buying guns or buying accessories or buying rounds. Um, and but but they haven't actually taken the next step to censorship. But that will be the next step. And it's unfortunate that we we don't see more. Um, we don't see more, you know, gun stores, uh, outdoor stores, uh, except Bitcoin gas stations. Right? It, it should seem like it should seem like a pretty obvious. It's a pretty obvious. Uh, gas stations are technically fossil fuel extractors, but um, I mean, I would like to see Bitcoin accepted in as many places as possible um, because because credit cards at the end of the day are a surveillance tool. And uh, more and more of our financial activity getting tracked and sold and stored indefinitely um, is a very dark 
dark path that I, I just don't think most people appreciate and they will not appreciate until they swipe their card for something they want and they can't have it. And at that point, um, we'll be fortunate that we have Bitcoin as a, as, as an alternative, but in an ideal situation, you know, that alternative is, is out there and people are comfortable with it before we even get close to that part. Because if, if that's the case, then it acts as a hedge almost. And it acts in a situation where, you know, maybe, maybe that censorship doesn't even, doesn't even happen. Um, because they know you can just still use Bitcoin. Yeah. You're going to swipe your card. It's going to say declined New York city hates you. That's the interesting. Like <laughs> I'm trying to walk through the game theory. That's what they should put. They should put that on the error message. The, uh, so no, let's walk through like the calculus, the capital one and key bank have to run now, which is all right. Is New York city a client worth bending the knee to? Like who who gives them more money is the question I'm trying to get at New York City or fossil fuel extractors and gun operators and predatory financers in aggregate? Could they just make a business decision and say no? We get more revenue from fees from these people than you provide as a client. So see ya. I mean, it's not it's not just New York. I mean, you have to at least put California in the same bucket. Um, I mean, every single product I buy nowadays says like it causes cancer in California. Like they had to fucking print that shit. <laughs> they like printed on everything just because California decided. Um, I don't know. They're both massive economies. They have lots of people in them. Lots of people. I mean, between yeah. New York City. I don't know the calculus. In California, you can't even Marty. Forty million people. That's more than ten percent of the country. You can't even necessarily logic it out, right? Because, like, I mean, the Bud Light situation is a perfect example. And like, they, that wasn't even a solid financial calculus, and they just went ahead with it and just destroyed their fucking business. Um, like, it depends on who's working at the companies and who's making the decision. At the end of the day, all these companies are just veneers for people behind them. Yeah. Easy to forget. Very easy to forget. Um, Where do those people live? Yeah. And there's all these different variables. I, I think, yeah. I, I, I just will say, though, that I just don't think the takeaway should be like, the takeaway shouldn't be there'll be enterprising banks that compete for that market if other banks do the censorship. Because we see th this regulatory capture happen all the time. And we really need just tools that just opt out of that system completely. Yeah. People don't, people don't realize PayPal doesn't want to censor you. PayPal's not censoring you because it's like a business decision. PayPal is censoring you and closing your account because they're forced to close your account. Yeah. Yeah. All right. New York city coming out swinging. They seem pretty proud. If you read the whole release too, they're very proud. It's hilarious they've frozen their own money. deposits. Yeah. Why don't they just withdraw the money? Right? Well, that's the thing. Like, they could have easily done that, but they needed to send the message, like, hey, if you don't bend the knee, we're not going to do business with you. And that's the other oh, thing, too, because this is... Uh, like, they didn't even have to write a law. Well, is it a law? They do have requirements. Who knows? 
Ugh. Beware, freaks, if you're in New York. More lighthearted note, I have a freak texting me right now. He wants me to tell the crowd a diehard freak is texting you, t- lamenting the end of snowboard season because we would always listen to RHR on the drive to and from the slopes. So, Love it. Well, we'll see you next winter. That's surfing season now. You just go the other way, go towards the ocean. I don't know who the freak is, but apparently he's lamenting. Um, we have a long list, Marty. I know that, but the breaking news is sort of fucking with me now because I'm like, if Capital it One doesn't matter, if the banks bend the knee quickly, because that create like just a, stay on both stacks heads. All right, moving on to the next portfolio company news. Fetty Alpha has launched. I've been playing around with it. Have you? Um, I played around with it. A couple months ago, I haven't played around with the new alpha. It's very sleek. Um, yeah, it's great to see the launch. They launched it on the open source stage. Um, it's great to have them participate. It's great to see a bunch of their team there. Um, but go test it out. They're using Signet. Um, so the next thing on the list is also that Mutiny Wallet announced their Signet release. So you can actually demo both and use them with each other and send back and forth, which is fun that they both kind of launched at the same time. Yeah. With not real Bitcoin. You're using, you're using fake Bitcoin. The Signet Bitcoin. Yeah. Is it mutiny Signet for both too? What? Can you send like mutiny mutiny forked Signet created their own? Yeah. So I guess Fetty's using that if it's compatible. You yeah, can't send uh, they, testnet to Signet. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yes. They're using the same Signet because you have to in order to send between each other. The Muni Wallet Signet demo is fucking awesome. Um, yeah, 1031 also funded Mutiny. And we're very close friends with Ben, Paul, and Tony behind Mutiny. Um. Ben famously uh, was shooed when he came on this podcast, which is also an important disclosure. Logan, will you go tell um, Ben to come in, come in the studio? <laughs> I want to get a good shooing in. <laughs> you want to get a good... <laughs> um, but very, very excited what those boys are building. Very excited about what Fetty's building. Um, excited about the Fediment open source project, which is bigger than just Fetty. But yeah, go play around with these. Um, the Mutiny Wallet team was not on stage at the open source stage because they're focused heads down on releasing uh, the mainnet wallet, which they're hoping. I didn't. Which, I didn't even have, wait, even have, have to say anything to, to Ben. Oh, I, he just turned around. Okay, I told him over here. I told Ben earlier that he was going to come in. I was going to show him. We're talking mutiny. You take my seat. Talk about the. Secret. I can't see him. Um, but the Mutiny Boys are planning to release the mainnet release uh, at Bitcoin Park at the at our Lightning Summit, um, which I'm very excited about. Oh, what up, Ben? Ben's trying to figure out how to put headphones on, which kind of worries me considering <laughs> he's handling private keys. I'm not what a podcaster. How's it going, Matt? Uh, I was. We were talking about Mutiny, and I gave a disclosure that uh, you were shooed from this episode. Yeah, and I just um, got shooted. So we, so. we brought you in. Um, um, let's talk about Mutiny real quick. 
you guys just released the Signet release. It's compatible with also, so Fetty's using the same Signet? Yeah, yeah. So we made MutinyNet, which is uh, basically just forks Bitcoin Core to allow it to do 30 second blocks instead of 10 minute blocks. So you can like test a lot easier and faster. And uh, yeah, so they, they're using that and actually like, I think we'll be announcing soon, but a bunch of other companies are going to start using it too, which is exciting. But yeah, so they're using, uh, Fetty, Fetty's using it. So all like any lightning payment you can use, you can send it straight to Mutiny and it'll just work. It's pretty cool that you can test both apps, Signet release on the same Signet and send back and forth. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, Justin, like from Fetty's here in the comments, they were talking to me, he's like, it's great because... Before it was like you had to, like the only way to test Fetty was like just setting to and from the uh, faucet. But now you can like actually use a real lighting wall and kind of send it all around and stuff. And nice for us too. You can send it to another wallet that's not just our faucet. Yeah, that's bad. Um, well, anyway, you guys have been crushing it over at Mutiny. I really like uh, the demo so far. Um, Matt, Matt, you can't see me, but I'm in the other chair behind the other mic. Marty is not on the pod anymore. It's just me and Ben. Um, I think that was Logan who just spoke up. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Marty's sitting on my wait, lap. You, I, <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw a tab there that said Redshift. Do, are you willing to talk about Redshift? or? Yeah. Um, what is it, that? So if you're coming to LitDevs tonight in Austin, you'll get a full presentation about it. But um, yeah, so Redshift is like a hackathon project we did at... Bitcoin plus plus, um, kind of the idea is like lightning coin swaps. So like, um, lightning's actually like a pretty good privacy tool for sending. So, um, and Mutiny's built with LDK, so we can spin up like arbitrary lightning nodes, not just like, like if you're using like LND or something, you kind of set like one node. And if you want to spin up another one, it's a whole nother process, but with LDK, we can make new nodes really easily. So with Redshifts, basically what we do is like create a new lightning node, open a channel to a random node, create another new lightning node, and then send across lightning to that new node. And um, basically you're kind of like doing a coin swap ac across lightning with that. Um, Tony wrote about this Badass. in um, his like original lightning privacy post like you know, three years ago or whatever, two years ago. And um, he was like, basically, he was like, no one's built this. I wrote that about this like three years ago. Let's build it. And um, we got our proof of concept done in that hackathon. And now it's like, um, basically, kind of, we're cleaning it up to make it actually work. But coming soon, yeah. What has the uh, the testing since you guys released Signet revealed to you? Um, honestly, it's been super bullish. Like, no, like no one's like posted like real issues. Like every issue that people have like said to us was just like. UX things we already knew about, like, so like your first lightning receive has to be over 10,000 sats because um, the LSP needs to open a channel to you. And uh, like, we've been talking about- And that's about, voltage right now, right? Yeah, yeah, we're using the voltage LSP. Um, and so like, we, we need to put a warning in that, like your first lightning invoice needs to be over that. Like, that's not obvious. And there's a couple other, like, you can't send your max balance and stuff like that. Um, so there's a couple like weird things like that, but like all these issues that like, we kind of knew already and just hadn't put the time in to like finish and like polish it up. But um, so yeah, that's been exciting. Uh, Tony had a force close this morning, so we're gonna have to figure that out. But like otherwise, like nothing too major, nothing like. I have force. Oh. I have force close PTSD, Ben. 
Yeah. Well, on Signet, there's, there's no, uh, there's no, you know, it's fake money, so it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why Signet exists. Exactly. Yeah. So only use Signet, you'll never have to worry about it again. And you guys plan on launching mainnet in an upcoming conference, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, we have our wait list since this Signet release has gone pretty well. We're probably going to start relatively soon opening it up to like people on there. Uh, we might do some games around that to like, if you want to get actually at, added. Um, but otherwise, um, the plan is to go open beta at um, the summit of, or was it the power of lightning summit in, in Nashville in July. Well, I so, like, we could change the name to the summit of lightning. Was that what you were going to call it? That's what I was going to call it. Yeah. This, the summit of lightning. Yeah. The power of lightning summit is what we're calling it in Nashville. We're excited to host you guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, excited to go. Um, so that's the plan. We'll see if that you, actually works out, but it seems like you it can happen. sign up to the wait list. The wait list is mutinywallet.com. And you can you can either put in an NPUB or an email, a Noster key or an email address. Yeah, we're probably going right? to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Noster or email. Um, but we're going to give priority to Noster users because if you're using email, you're a cuck. So. Um, <laughs> Sign up with that if you want priority. <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Website. If you're using email, you're a cuck. If you're doing the email. Um, are we doing also, Bitcoin? I mean, I, I, are we doing Bitcoin? Oh, we're doing Bitcoin. On the, on the Nostra front, I think it was, was it mostly Tony, but your Nostra Relay Blaster is pretty fucking cool that it's just like you connect to it and it just blasts it out to every single relay in existence. Yeah, That's I mean, awesome. it, Thanks it's for that. great. Um, a lot of the Noster devs hate it. I know like JB 55. Yeah. It's an attack on Noster. Yeah. I mean, it's, which is why I love it. It's not great, but it's like great and terrible, but, um, like it's definitely like spamming, like a lot of relays. I know like, um, Paul, he went to the service. Uh huh. Paul went to the, uh, what was it? Noster Rica. And someone was like, I have a little relay and half the requests come from Cloudflare. Why is that happening? It's like, oh, that's, that's blaster. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's cool. We, I, um, yesterday I, I did some live streaming of coding and, uh, we added, um, for Nostra Wallet Connect. So you can, uh, it was like Nostra Wallet Connect uses like these ephemeral events that are deleted all the time, which doesn't work well for mutiny because you need to have the wallet open all the time. But, um, if you don't have it open, then you won't like get those requests to pay invoices. So with, we made it so Blaster will store those for like for a long time until you like those invoices so then you can um then send a blaster work well with mute needs so um we'll have some like nice so there's like there. one click zaps yeah, right yeah at the so, end of the day it just comes down i just click the zap button and it just fucking works right yeah exactly so like right now it only really works for people using like custodial wallets because those are like always online so we we are at we have support now in mutiny that uh it'll you can do the one click zap and it'll send it to mutiny and um with our relay so we can store it and like handle it correctly. So Tony did his, like his first zap after like months um, using that, which is cool. And, and you know, he's like been using it as a primary wallet and it works well. So that's exciting. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I, I mean, I, uh, it's important for me to stay humble and that's why I repeat it to myself every morning in the mirror and then tweet it out. Um, <laughs> he's literally, but, uh, himself. but I, uh, I like to take credit. I think I convinced Tony to be interested in Noster because he has sworn off all social media. Stay right? humble. It's, 
it's it's so much bigger than social media and i just want to say tony if you're listening uh thank you for for paying attention to noster and like caring well, um because it, it is important tony told me right before i came in here to record he's like three rhr episodes behind so he'll hear this in like three weeks <laughs> he was um, listening fair live enough or, um, <clears throat> he was listening live earlier so um there we yeah. go i uh you know we have brent brent droid in the comments saying i closed a channel with him on lightning today i did not uh you can check it's a force close if you check it it's probably a force close l and d there's many such cases i've been having a lot of issues with just force closes happening without any interaction on my point my part i'm hoping um that mutiny fixes this yeah at least we'll from the end user point of view we'll see i mean so like the the scary thing is like ldk isn't that widely used i mean especially compared to l and d like Cash App's like the really only main net user, so, but they've been using it for like a year or so now, and it works. So, um, you know, but we found like a little, a little bit of like weird things that they fixed, but otherwise, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm expecting it to work fine. It's been working fine so far. Like we've had, we've we've all been using it on like the team has been using it on mainnet for a little bit, and it, it's worked fine. There's actually a full Lightning node in your browser when you use Mutiny Wallet. There's multiple full lighting nodes in your browser, but yeah, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's that's remember, like, insane. We originally did it as part of the Legends of Lightning hackathon, and um, like during the whole time, like it was a six-week hackathon, so it was like really long, and like we barely got it out in time, and uh, the whole time we're like building towards it, and, like. Is this even gonna work? Like we could just have wasted six weeks doing nothing, <laughs> and like the very end, like oh, we forgot about this. Nothing works, and we just wasted our time. But uh, no, it all works. Um, it's pretty crazy, yeah. Legendary. We'll get back to work. Yeah, yeah, I gotta actually do stuff. Are you gonna? Don't shoot him, Marty. Ben, thanks for coming on, and I uh, hope to see you soon. Yeah, yeah, anytime. Um, I, I'll be seeing you in a couple months in July, so. Marty, I'll see you. I'll see you like every day. I'm gonna shoot you because I can't be censored by Matt. But thank you for the work you're doing. It's a, it's a thank you shoe. <laughs> the thank you shoe. What do you want? Oh God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoe gate all over again. We just got a Ben butt shot. Ben butt shot in like thirty here. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> It's the beauty of the comments. You know, you just have builders come in, explain their product when we talk about it. Shout out to Thank you for not shooting him. It was a loving shoe. I shoot him, but it was a loving shoe. No, that shoe doesn't count. The last shoe was, the original shoe was fucked up, Marty. Original shoe was. was, Like anyone can go back to the tape. It was fucked up. You came up to participate and you shoot him really quickly. You like didn't get to participate in RHR. This was great. He sat down. We had a con- this is this is what rabbit hole recap. This is what I want rabbit hole recap to be about. Like I want I want people to like come on and on the fly at Bitcoin Park. I want people to come on on the fly at Bitcoin Commons. Like strengthen that Austin Nashville connection, and 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 not shoo our our friends and the people building on Bitcoin when they they come to participate on on this show. Well, you have to admit the original shoe was pretty pretty hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. Like, I, I don't. It feel was definitely memorable. 
is got it. We got a good gif. Paul Miller made a gif. Maybe that's how mutiny like Paul made the gif. Ben was like, "Hey, they definitely they bonded over your the shoeing denigration of Ben." It was a joke. We all know I love Ben. Shout out to the mutiny team. They were very hard. Yeah, they. Yeah, so I mean, I don't even think I. I think we just assume that most freaks know what mutiny is, but yeah, it's a full lightning node in your browser, full Bitcoin wallet, and lightning wallet. Um, in your browser, you just go to the the web page. Um, it's gonna it's completely false, or or it will be completely false. I believe it's all out there because they yeah they've been releasing updates, um, so you can self host it too. Um, I had them on dispatch in the early days and they were like, yeah, you can like host odellwallet.com. So like I bought Odell wallet on, of course on you air. did. Um, but yeah, you can self host your own version of it. So it actually works really well in the uncle Jim model where like you're hosting it for friends and family. Um, and then they'll also release apps um, for iPhone and Android. If you want to use the app based model, the big trade off of using a web browser is if you're using someone's hosted session, they can ship a malicious update. We were just talking about um, ledgers potentially shipping a malicious update. Well, you have a similar situation here, even though it's open source, like you press refresh on the page and then it just sends like a rug pull update. The benefit of um, being on the web is they can ship updates very quickly, right? Updates could be malicious though. That's the issue. Um, and also they're not relying on the app store. Uh, a lot of new Bitcoiners don't realize Bitcoin wallets used to be banned on iPhones. The iOS app store. Now <laughs> I there are to a bunch of that. gaming. The, the, the videos yeah. of people smashing their ledgers with hammers are very reminiscent of that they were era. Like, they were like shooting them with shotguns. They were smashing them with the hammers. They were throwing them in blenders. Uh, there was a lot of different takes on destroying your iPhone because you couldn't get a Bitcoin wallet. Android allows you to install an app outside of app stores and also install competing app stores. It seems like iPhone... You know, Apple might get their hand forced in terms of Europe monopoly laws um, to to allow that as well. But in the meantime, it remains a single point of failure. Um, and then also like a bunch of Android phones just throughout the world don't don't have Google Play, don't have the, the main Play Store. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to have a web option, a web app option, but uh, you'll also be able to to get a regular app and, and they really do care about privacy over there. They care about sovereignty. They care about freedom. Um, so they're building really important tools and, uh, me and Marty are happy to support them as friends and we're happy to support them financially through 1031. Yeah. And that's part of the, the thesis from backing them too. There is, I think they're making a very strategic move with the progression of native web apps which seems like a lot of the the phone companies are really beginning to hone in on native web apps and fine tune their products for it to make it so you don't have to go to the app store to get access to these products and services. Honestly, I have so much respect for those three guys that they could have like drawn on a piece of paper, like a shit sandwich and I would have supported them. That's not safe. But, uh, we should probably... Community wild is, uh, <laughs> extremely promising. It is. Those are the, those are the type of builders we need, though. Like you put those three guys in a room, right, and they change the world. They're literally. Like, in the where, I mean, when you turn the about, room right here, right here. I'm, you know, I'm not really a VC. Like this is, uh, 
Like oh, we had a popular podcast and now we like help fund Bitcoin companies. Um, but uh, when you're talking about like early stage stuff, uh, when you're talking about like these really early companies, like you're just backing the founders, right? Like it's all trust in the founders. You just, you support them and you let them go on their vision, let them run with it. Like there's stay out of their fucking way. If we can help, happy to help. But um, it's all about the people at the end. of the, That's what people constantly forget is like Bitcoin is code. Bitcoin is a tech project. You know, Bitcoin is this open source project. But at the end of the day, it's a movement of individuals. Like it's all about the individuals that make this movement possible. Um, and it just comes down to the people. Well, now that we're officially an AI podcast, I have to disagree. The <laughs> computers are going to build everything moving forward. I don't, your connection to humanity and individuals and, and teams doesn't really make sense anymore. The computers are going to build everything. Classic blue check take from Marty <laughs> Bent. <laughs> I kid. No, it has been fun to watch them build. Literally, I watch them sit at their desk and build. And it's been special. It's kind of weird. It's cool. Yeah, I just sit in the corner of the commons and say, hey. Now then we got Justin and a couple members of the Fetty team work out of the office right behind this wall. Fetty team's working hard behind this wall right now. It's cool to see. There's a lot happening. Apparently, to to talk about Bitcoin, you have to be building stuff. It's a prerequisite. Oh, we're not bringing it. We're not bringing that's a prerequisite. That's a prerequisite now. Moving on. We are not bringing them up. Last thing on the list before we get to software updates. This is two hours in already. Start9 Labs introduces server. I put server. something after the software updates too. But yeah, I, did t- I did as well. But um, Start9 La- Start Labs introduces server light in 2023 server one. So start OS really leaning into their operating system, graphical OS for running self-hosted software uh, also offers dedicated plug and play hardware devices. I'm sighing laughing? because I'm sighing because it's a 1031 portfolio company. Um, so disclosure, um, just 1031.vc. You can see all the companies. Um, but uh, I was just sighing at another disclosure, Marty. Um, this is great news. Uh, in terms of more dramatic offerings or more choices for offerings, not dramatic. Um, so the server light is super cheap. I think it's $200, $199. Um, if you're listening, like, I I think it's a little bit too underpowered. It's cool that they have a very accessible option that you can, like, get started, get your feet wet, super cheap. Um, the real meat of this to me is, first of all, I was very excited when they came out with their high-end version. I forget what it's called. It's right there on the bottom. Does it say what it's called? Uh, server the server Pro. Pro, which is this idea like, okay, you're going to self-host things. Let's put like the best fucking hardware in it possible. Um, and it's it's manufactured by Purism, which makes very privacy-focused, robust hardware. It has a really good reputation. Um, but it's expensive. It's very expensive. What's the price there? It's $1,600, Um it's expensive. You get what you pay for. Um, they have this middle ground now with the server one, which I think is a very, um, very low price point for what you get. You get like a proper Intel processor. It's not a Raspberry Pi. Um, and it's under $500 in proper marketing speak. It's 499 
Um, I think that is a very compelling offering. You can self-host a bunch of different things, um, not just Bitcoin. Uh, they're kind of going for the the whole um, ecosystem of, of freedom tech offerings in terms of self-hosting stuff. Um, also, on top of that, you can just bring your own computer and you can just flash start OS uh, directly onto any hardware that you already own if you don't want to go um, buy, buy hardware directly from them. So you have that as an option as well. But that middle one, that server one, uh, is a very, very compelling price point, in my opinion, um, for what you get out of it. You get a server that is way, way better than a Raspberry Pi. Uh, you get a proper NVMe SSD, which are the fastest drives on the market. Um, you get a lot of RAM, 16 gigs of RAM. You get that from like Apple. They charge you like $600 extra just to add 16 gigs of RAM to things. Um, but Start Night's not nickel and diming you. So I think this is a big announcement for them, specifically that middle one. Um, that server one. Be your own server, freaks. Be your own bank. Be your own server. The orb is coming to pull you. The into orb the is coming. Worldcoin. It's called Worldcoin. They're trying to get you into the world server with your iris. We draw the line at irises. Retinas were okay, but irises are a step too far. Be your own server. Go get. A server one, just download start OS on your, on your own hardware that you have. You're messing with it. It's really, I mean, the aha moment for start OS for me was the password manager, like knowing that the passwords are on the computer in my house and not on some cloud. <laughs> They're in the computer. Marty's doing password management. I'm doing it. And we're doing Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I... I don't think I have to tell you freaks, but like the cloud is someone else's computer. Uh, it just means like someone else is running a computer, some, you know, in, in, on, in a server farm somewhere. Um, so we can bring all those things back to the home, right? You can self-host those yourself. And actually there's a strong financial incentive to do it. It's not just, um, it's not just freedom. Freedom should be a strong incentive, but unfortunately it's not as strong an incentive as money is. And, um, when you use these cloud services, you pay monthly fees. Uh, those monthly fees increase substantially when there's more and more data is being held. Um, one of the things Start9 has is uh, photo storage, right? Um, and the more photos you store on a cloud service, the more money you have to pay per month. Um, while with something like Start9 is, is you're just paying this a, a fixed price for an SSD, right? You're just paying fixed price for a drive um, it is substantially cheaper and then you just host it yourself and then connect back to it, uh, when you need to use it. It's a beautiful thing, freaks. It's a beautiful thing. Now we'll do boostograms and then we'll do the start, uh, the software updates. We have a lot of software update freaks. Hang in there with us. Please hang in there. The boostograms are only going to be like three days old, two days old because of the late posts. So. <clears throat> preemptive shout out to the ride or die freaks that got in there and, and supported the show with booster grams. Speaking of ride or die freaks, we have our, it's probably the hardest riding freak out there at Eric nine, nine. Stay humble. Boy, Eric nine, nine. Great Logan. advice, Eric. Thank you, sir. You took Logan's line. What? What do you think about that? Logan? Well, I, 
Matt already said it, so it's no need for me to say it. All right. You I said. apologize, Logan. Oh, uh, yeah, because we do this on TFTC. Are you mocking me well, when just, you do this? Yeah, but then he stopped saying stay humble, stack sacks on TFTC so that I wouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Oh, is that when Logan says it? Because yeah, I've never heard so Logan Eric, say Eric was Eric was giving Stay Humble Stack Sats boost on TFTC episodes, oh, and I read them before. Logan's not mocking me. Logan would never mock me. That's not mocking. That's that's homage. It is homage. Is it homage? It is homage. Okay, good to know. At me, <laughs> at 8 Mithrandier, <laughs> 15,551 sats, palindrome boost, all the podcasts are stuck in Miami, such emptiness on my feed. Well... Great advice. The week from Miami is over. <laughs> and we're, we're going to be filling your, your feed we're with back. podcast ape, Miss Rander. No, no worry. No, no rest of the wicked. At Mr. Mister. 2,323 sats. Nice splits. Boost. Sorry if I hurt your eardrums there, freaks. And then at Blockchain Bug, 2,000 sats. Live long and prosper with. Uh, is this it is Blockchain Boog? I say Bug. Like or bug. Boog? Bug? I don't know. Maybe it's Bo-O-G or something like that. I, it's B-O-O-G, right? Yeah, I say bug. Oh, I always pronounce that boog. I think I like boogers. Don't you spell boogers? B-O-O-G-E-R-S? Speaking it's of boogers. It's short for bugaloo. So I guess it's bug. Boogaloo. Bo- bug. It's bugaloo. No boogers on this rip. Anyway... Thanks for the support, Freaks. We appreciate it. And, shout and out once to again, huge shout out to the Freaks that joined us in person. Um, it's always special. Yes. It's really cool seeing all the Freaks in person in the same room. It is. Now, on the software updates, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to go fast. Just stop me. You want to talk about something particularly. And we'll caveat Let's go this for it. with IFTP. So just be conscious of that, please. Start OS version 0.3.4.2 has been released. Zapgate paywalls on Nostr has been released. This is pretty cool. Um, basically, what we do with the bent paid uh, newsletters with our lightning enabled paywall, the uh, Zapgates, you can do that with natively now with content on Nostr. Probably trigger GG. GG's probably not happy about this. Content should be free. It should not be caged behind a, a paywall. I agree with you, GG, and I love you. But to each their own. It's now possible on Noster. Uh, LM Bitch version 0.10.8 has been released. Polar version 2.0.0 has been released. This seems like a major release. Um, and for you freaks who don't... Remember, Polar is essentially a tool that allows you to uh, prototype Lightning applications. Uh, it's from our good friend Jamal uh, at Lightning Labs. Uh, and this major release adds support for Taro, Tappert Asset Protocol Daemon. Um, so if you're experimenting with Taro and you want to prototype that stuff, it's now available on Polar. Trezor Suite version 23.5.2 has been released. Nothing too crazy there. Raspi Blitz version 1.9.0 has been released. Nuthash, Nutstash wallet version 0.1.12 <laughs> has been released. 
great name. Nutstash. That's a that's a uh, charming cash wallet. Yes. That that has Noster uh, integration. LNDK, LNDK external bolt twelve support for LND. So this is so a this step is in awesome. the right direction. This, yeah. This is something you can add to your LND node, or it will be something you can add to your LND node uh, to add bolt twelve support if the LND team doesn't add it themselves. Yeah, so LNDK is a standalone daemon that connects to LND via its gRPC API that aims to implement Bolt 12 functionality externally to LND. Leverages yeah, the Lightning Development Kit. Shout out to LDK for bringing that to market. Uh, it means if you're one of the thousands of people that are already running an LND node and you want Bolt 12, you don't have to close all your channels and switch implementations. Yes. Which in practice is quite the friction point um, if you have a lot of channels in a high-free environment. Yes, and Bolt 12 is important for privacy. Torque. It's just better, better UX, too, in my yeah. opinion. Torque version 0.22.1 has been released. I was unaware of this project, but now it can be used with CLN, so Core Lightning. Mercury Wallet version 0.8.13 has been released. You put Polar version 2.0.0 uh, in here twice, but can't hurt to mention it twice. It looks like uh, Mercury added 0.14 as well before, since we I made the list. Yes. Yeah. That's it for the updates. We have a new RoboSats guide on Bitcoiner.guide slash RoboSats. Robosats is awesome. Um, I know I shilled no KYC services on stage to end Bitcoin 2023 and left out Robosats. I will say to the Robosats team, I immediately realized my folly of leaving you guys out while I was still on stage, but did not have the opportunity to give you the guys sh the shout out you <clears throat> deserved. They um, shut the mics off. But yeah, guys, uh, Robosats is awesome. Check it out. And uh, there's this great guide uh, in the show notes um, from Bitcoin Q&A's site, uh, Bitcoiner.guide. And I put another guide on that site that just got released. Um, so this one, the Robosats one, Bitcoin Q&A created, but he's also opening up guides to outside external contributors uh, to contribute to the website and add more guides. And so he has this external contribution um, from BitLevy. For a new guide that is about how you can contribute to an open source project for your first time and, and going through the the specifics of how you might go about that. So check out both those guides. They're in the show notes. It's a 10-step process to forking open source projects and building on them yourself. Last but not least, we have links to open source stage day one and day two from Bitcoin 2023. As well. Those are posted in high quality. Um, freaks, I know you wish there was a live stream. Uh, we did get you the second best thing, which was the pirate live stream. Uh, thanks, huge thanks to the mempool guys, specifically Wiz, and um, who, who made sure it actually happened, uh, even if he wasn't manning the camera. Um, and a huge shout out to, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Hunicus. Um, who was uh, manning the camera every morning. Um, but 
They are now posted in full full HD. Is that still a thing? We're, we're doing the HD. 4K. Uh, full high quality video. Of, we're doing uh, the 4K? Both, yeah. <laughs> both day one and day two with timestamps are on YouTube. I suggest going checking it out. Um, a lot of really great conversations happen on the open source stage. Um, I will highlight specifically one, um, which is the role of Bitcoin core maintainers and the path forward during day two. Um, that was with Gloria, who is one of our four core maintainers, uh, Nifty, who is training devs, who might be the future core maintainers, and the lead, uh, the lead lawyer for the Satoshi Legal Defense Fund, who is defending... Um, her name is Jessica, who is defending um, devs from Fake Toshi CSW. Um, we're all on stage together, and it was moderated by Nashville's own Steve Myers. Um, really great, important conversation. Uh, you should check it out. Go check out all of them. A lot of great conversations, a lot of great presentations. One great podcast. I do say so myself. Yeah, there was a podcast. There was a live podcast on day one on the open source stage. I forget who. It was like uh, a competitor to All In podcast. I forget which one it was. Yeah, they were like AI focused or something like that. It was. <laughs> um, I hate to rush you off, but I'm about to pee my pants. This has been a great rip. We're almost two and a half hours in. This is good. Um, I mean, before we wrap, uh, what so Lit Devs is tonight in Austin. Lit devs tonight's in um, Austin. We got a uh, Houston Bitcoin meetup in Houston. So you've got uh, about an hour and a half if you're in the Houston hour area, excuse me, and you want to get there. Um, I don't know the address off the top of my head, but go check it out on the meetup page. Houston Bitcoin meetup. Next next week, uh, the Meet Mafia boys are running their first summit at Bitcoin Park. Um, they're calling it the Alt Health Summit on Friday, June 2nd. Uh, consider joining us. It should be a great group of people. Uh, in Philly, Bitcoin John, they're going to have Dez from Thunder Games in town, I believe a week from this Monday. So that would be like the 5th of June. So if you're in Philly, um, go check out the Bitcoin John. Uh, New York tonight, if you can make it to PubKey, Romaine from uh, Bitcoin Beach is going to be there talking about Bitcoin adoption in El Salvador and other things. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um... Consider searching, if you're listening to this on YouTube, consider searching Silo Dispatch on YouTube and pressing the subscribe button. I got great lineup the next week, including Jack Maulers and Adam back tomorrow. Love to have you join us in the live chat. Subscribe um, everywhere. YouTube, podcast feeds. <laughs> We're Bitcoin, so bad at this. Bitcoin TV. Subscribe everywhere. I love that. Um Cheers, guys. I mean, this is great. Marty's got to pee. Stay humble, stack sets. Sorry for rushing. I know it was a little bit rushed there at the end, but <laughs> nature calls. Room, nature calls. As they I say. love you and Logan. I love the freaks. We love you too. Peace and love. Dickie.